Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here for a special edition of the Bond Daft Project, joined remotely, of course, by my usual Bond aficionados, Francis Murphy. Yo, yo, yo. Steve McCall. A somewhat good afternoon to you all. And Gordon Webster. Good afternoon, Mr. Barry. Excellent. Good afternoon to you guys. This is, of course, the first of our ranking episodes. So let's quickly set up what we're doing here. These are the ranking of the Bond series. We've got an entire uh, series planned out. Um, So, yeah, we're going to be ranking our favourite Bond moments, Bond themes, worst moments and themes, things like that, villains, allies, all of these different subjects will all be covered over the coming weeks. And with the final day's episodes being our worst films, actually we've been doing an entire series ranked from worst to best. The worst will get a winner and the three runners up and then we will rank the 20 other films from 20 to our top one film. Of course we'll also do, I'm hoping you guys will contribute, we'll also do our own top 10s and things like that um, of the series and anything less you guys want to do will also go on the website but for now, we're obviously just doing the podcasts. And so we are starting today, this particular episode, we are doing, where else do you start? With the pre-title sequences, the, the pre-credit scenes. We're going to do our best pre-credit scene and worst pre-credit scene. And this particular one will have a winner and two runners up. So out of the 24 nominees in the entire franchise will be picking our favourites. Um, I'm looking forward to this, guys. This will be fun. So, there's kind of two ways of thought about how we do this. We either just look at the franchise and start cutting, or we kind of nominate a few just to really <laughs> pick a... And that's the more positive one, I suppose, isn't it? It's sort of less negative. Um, I think we can adopt the negative one for other types of categories, but maybe I think we should start the positive one, where we maybe just go around table, nominate a film that we think should be in the discussion and then after that we have to look at the others and say are we happy that the others didn't get included do you guys feel that's maybe the best way to do it yeah definitely I think that works okay alright then so let's start with our main Bond aficionado Gordon Webster Commander Webster (laughs) what uh, film or films would you like to nominate for us to discuss in this ranking to see which uh gets included in, their, in our favourites of the pre-credit scenes. Yeah, how many are we looking for here? Are we, we, well, we going to just throw in a few each? Or? Yeah, I would say, okay, well, I mean, okay, let's say three to five, nominate three to five, and that's a good chunk, because if everyone does that, that's a good healthy amount to then start cutting. Um, right. So, yeah, if you want to pick five then, because um, we'll obviously have some duplicates, surely, anyway. Um, so pick your five in no particular order. Which oh, ones? Steve, are you going to write these down? Right, that's a shout. Yep, okay, I've got my Word document ready. Okay. And are we going kind of winner and honourable mentions, or are we just doing everything kind of on the same level at the moment, in terms of personal choices? Uh, so, I would say, no particular order. Don't um, feel that you have to weight it with what's your favourite. Just throw out five films, and then we will... I mean, I'll probably have some duplicates in there, but I'll then throw in whatever ones I think that you didn't include, and then we'll have a wee list of about, say, eight films, probably. It'll probably roughly about that, eight to ten films, and then we'll really have to get into debate of why certain films are better than others, 
and start cutting from that. Um, with the winner, we'll we'll try and lock in the final three, and in that in that discussion, then we will try and nominate one of them as the winner. We'll have to kind of try and agree, and I want to kind of emphasise that this is a debate. We want to try and come to this as a collective. Now, I don't think there's going to be a lot of categories where we'll all agree um, quite easily, so there's definitely going to be some give and take. I think if someone puts out a great argument and we really are coming to the point of like a, you know, the point where we're just getting nowhere, I think we'll have to. Someone will have to concede. Um, but let's 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 keep it interesting. Let's not concede straight away let's kind of you know try and play fair all that kind of stuff so yeah be mindful of everyone's arguments and yeah it should be hopefully fun fair debating of course i'm gonna be always right and i'll be editing it so that's really uh that's all that matters in the end um okay gordon then nominates yes. five films that you think or should we do it yeah should we do it just everyone nominate yeah 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 pick your pick your five films and then we'll go around and who else wants to add in and no particular order which ones do you think are worthy of best pre-title sequence right kind of got a couple of mine for my actual favorite so you want me to include my what i think would be my actual favorite one here as well uh, well I, I would include it yeah the five that you want to lock in that you yeah, feel just best and, five yeah so don't don't <clears throat> don't don't wait them as first and second the things like that. just here's the films that i think that are worthy of discussion <laughs> and that is it so yep yeah, chuck them out what are they yeah, okay, Commander Stephen Barry. We're all my commander. Pre-titles, my pre-titles nominees are The Living Daylights. Okay. Number one. Strong start. A popular one in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Cracking film. Number two, Spectre. Another strong one, yep. Number three, Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. Number four, Gold, Gold, Gold. Gold, gold, gold finger, that's the one. <laughs> I nearly typed gold in there, you dick. <laughs> and my last one is golden eye. Oh, there we go, there we go. Okay, five excellent pre-title sequences, Gordon, thank you. Steve, what films would you like to nominate if they've not already been nominated? Uh-oh. I have oh. got, I think I've, I've actually got four. Okay. Uh, uh, prepared, believe it or not, but some of Gordon's I might actually end up being thrown into mine. That's fine, as long as they're on the list, it doesn't matter who, who put them there, essentially, in the end. Cool. I forgot a big one, uh, but I'm sure one of you guys is going to mention it. Well, I'm going to throw four into the mix. Okay. Uh, the first one I'm throwing in is Casino Royale. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I will leave my uh, um, reasons for when we get into the debates. Yep, yep. Second one I'm throwing in is Octopussy. Okay. Uh, third uh, is Thunderball. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Nice. Is that the one you were talking about, Gordon? No. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> and the fourth one I'm chucking in is Live and Let Die. If I've got the right film. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. Uh, that's four. So, Fran, is there any others you want to add in that haven't been included yet? Uh, the only one I would have said, which Steve just said, was Casino Royale. So that um, is that the only I one mean, you'd put in? Ah, uh, well, that's the the one. Like the other ones have been mentioned that I would have chosen. Oh, Casino Royale's in there anyway. I know that's what I'm saying. That's the only like after what Gordon said, that was the only ah, one that right. Okay, that wasn't there. Although I was trying to remember something because I was looking at this last night. Um, I don't know whether it was part of just the normal like run of the film that it was in. But do you remember that bit where um. 
Bond was skiing down, being chased by a whole army. Mm-hmm. But, but that wasn't a pre-title sequence, was it? That was about four, four pre-title sequences, was it not? Yeah, I mean, which no, one? Are we talking about a no, Moore? Is, is it Moore? It's a specific is it a, um, a, point a, that we made because it goes through like a um, a checkpoint, like a border crossing, and he's being followed down by like tanks and bloody hovercrafts. And that's like, uh, Die Another Day, the hovercraft one. No, 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 it's, it's an old one. Oh, is I, it, just, I, could, I think I, could I know it. what one you might mean. It was like the Soviets chasing him or something like that. I, oh, I, think, I, think, I think you're thinking of Living Daylights, but it's not a pre-title sequence. Right, right, okay. Kill. It might be A View to a Kill, which has got that no, Beach Boys song. The View, View to a Kill, that's the one with the, the, the wee submarine at the end, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the other one where he had the parachute, it's neither of those. Spy Who Loved You. Yeah. You only lived twice. He was at the top of the ski lodge and then got chased down the hill by a lot of people, possibly Russians. I think that yeah. was a, is that a not, sequence. Is that not? Spy I mean, Who Loved Me, yeah. Yeah, well, well, that's that, that was the only other thing I was trying to figure out, but um, basically, uh, the only one, yeah, I yeah, it was, was the big one that I didn't mention. Yeah, so that that I, I think I know which one you're up. talking about, Gordon. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it as the spy who loved me. Yes, that's the, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's uh, definitely worthy of an inclusion. Um, I'm gonna nominate Skyfall. Um, yeah. So we've got how many films? That three, five, nine, eleven. And uh, the spy who, oh, the spy who loved me. Yeah, that's the one with the Union Jack parachute, isn't it? Yeah, at the start. Yeah, quite a quite iconic one. I was going to mention Moonraker, and I think most of Moonraker is fantastic until that ending when Jaws does that flappy bird thing and falls into the circus with the yeah. circus music playing. I think it's up until that is fantastic. The, uh, the you know Bond flying out of the plane <coughs> with no parachute is phenomenal stunt work, and it's just a shame that the tone of that kind of was ruined by the the very ending of it. So that to me, that's why it just is not getting a nomination. Um, Steve's nomination of Live and Let Die was a good one because there you've got one where Bond <laughs> isn't actually in the whole pre-title sequence, but that can be mm-hmm. a powerful thing. They did the same thing in The Man with the Golden Gun, which I was going to mention. I'm toying with that one as well. Um, See, I, I, I don't know, because the thing is, are we doing like a top five? No, it, it's going to be tough, but I think what we'd want to do here, right, is give them their due. So we want to have discussion about them. They make, there's ones that I they're going to have to get cut. There's obviously, we've got 11 films here, and only three of them are making it into the final debate of the winner. But it gives well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there's some we know we're never going to put. Like, for example, Diamonds Are Forever is unquestionably well, well, the worst. I, well, the, the, yes, I think um, we're, I don't want to spoil that, but we will be doing the worst. And I think, I don't know how you all feel, but that is going to be a strong contender <laughs> for that. So yeah. we're not even looking at that, but um, because that's going to get its own discussion about how bad it is in its own podcast. But for this one, it's a good chance to focus on some of these pre-title sequences and give a wee bit of you know what was good about it and things like that. So as much as they might get cut, it gives them a wee bit of a, a wee bit of a prop to to, to really mm-hmm. talk about them. Well, actually, I'm going to I'm going to nominate one more actually. Right. Okay. Um, a, a wild card one just for sheer little sheer ludicrousness of it was the Doctor No. And the three blind mice men well, walking that, around. Uh, that Doctor Who doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have a pre-title sequence, though. That's, that's what I would class it as. If we call it opening sequence, you could include that, I suppose, yeah. Because Doctor No, obviously, they hadn't settled that formula, so there was the, like Steve pointed out, the title sequence then. But, yeah, 
um, hmm. as a worthy contender, I think. From... Just, it's ludicrous, isn't it? Right, okay. It's, we'll, we'll, it's notable we'll, as we'll, well for being, obviously... We'll put it in, but it's clearly going to get cut. <laughs> I know, but I just want to talk about that one. I think it's quite funny. I think, you know what? I think I think we quickly. I think as well in that same vein. I think we have to put in the first one just as a discussion point from Russia with Love, um, just on the basis that just a very quick discussion about it. I think it's weird having not having it in there, but it's a it's kind of a just a basic discussion. I think that will make our nominees um so the ones we've clearly just not that are you know in the middling the ones that aren't even going to get mentioned about you only live twice as one that's not going to get discussed i'm fine with that i found that a bit confusing that one bond gets killed it seems like a weird plan he makes a line about how chinese girls taste a bit different from others and things like that um, <laughs> uh, oh my god it just that film hasn't aged particularly well and the start wasn't the best for me um I mentioned Moonraker's already fallen short. Uh, the Man with the Golden Gun just didn't make the cut. That was a good one, actually, and I'm kind of looking at it going, maybe it should have just, but at the same time, we can't have them all here. Christopher Lee hunting down an assassin. Um, I thought that was a kind of cool way to start that film. And a few others. Diamonds, Die Another Day, didn't get, I didn't get a mention. That's the only good part in that entire film. And it feels oh, we should have just nominated it just purely because that's the only good thing we could really say about that film. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, it's not one of the best. It's just, it's just a decent one. So yeah, I think uh, that 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 does it. Then we have now. Let's see. That's five, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen films to talk about. Uh, so, who wants to kind of let? Who wants to just pick a film and just talk about it and say why you've nominated it and why it could be worthy of the top three slot? Uh, well, can I? Can yeah, I? Can I? You can start. About- yep. So basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna like kick yeah. a, a grenade of like what I would say is I'm, I like I'd have to be really really convinced to change it from being my favourite right um, is Casino Royale. Okay, let's talk about I Casino just, Royale. I, I just I just think it's it's so good. It's I've actually I've got it. I'm kind of watching it again as as I'm talking. But it's the the sheer see the the brutality. Like obviously it's filmed black and white. Um, you know the the cinematography as well, the the sort of angles of the shots of the building, and you know, mm-hmm. and the interior of the building. And um, when Bond kills, there's flashbacks to Bond killing the guy in the bath, the, the, the toilet area. It's so brutal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the fact that the villain isn't is it, it's not a big you know megalomaniac villain, but he tries to kind of say something smart or do something, and Bond just kills him. You know, and it's and that's it. You know. And it's um, it's also sort of it's it's the perfect way to have done the kind of soft reboot as well because you're you're kind of seeing Bond become Bond. Yeah, the getting his two kills has to mm-hmm. become the double O agent. Had never, it hadn't really been explored at all before. Such a novel idea. And what was that? The twentieth film or something? Like um, crazy. Uh, you know, 2006, they sort of start really thinking about what it be- means to become the double O agent. What a start to, to reboot your franchise. What a way to do it. Um, and then the, with the ending, with the transition into the gun barrel sequence in the first person view. Oh, brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Martin Campbell again, the director of Goldeneye returning and clearly as a director, he has something you get, you know, he's very well prepared. I've watched the documentary, but he always talks about preparation and making sure everything is, you know, pl- meticulously planned out. He knows his stuff. 
you know, and, and it's funny as well because with some of the Bond films, the pre-title sequence could be the best bit. It could be better than the rest of the film. What it felt like, actually, in some ways, Casino Royale feels like a one big long pre-title sequence because it's so tight. That film is so tight. I think it, I think it slightly loses it a little by the final third. It's a little overly long, but mm. I, I I don't think I'm not saying that as a major criticism. It's just slightly. It's the only thing I would kind of think of any criticism towards it is it kind of lost me a little towards the end. But you know, it's not you know, it's not a major issue with that film. Uh, guys, what do you what do you feel? Obviously, out of the thirteen films, Casino Royale could we circle it to to be go into the the final three as a potential. Obviously, with it, it still could get cut again. But do, you, or do you... I? I think it has to get in there. Actually, that's one of the absolute top ones. The way Fran put it, probably couldn't really be beaten. It's the way that they used it to reboot the franchise, and just the the artiness, the sort of black and white film noir style of it was so different to anything we'd seen before, and it was really making a statement. It was going right. This is how we are proceeding with the uh, with the franchise from here on in mm-hmm. yeah and it it did just it threw bond into the 21st century at 100 miles an hour and at a turning point i think we can't ignore it it's it's as important i think as what we're saying the opening sequence of the first ever bond film it's a huge moment and it does look the absolute business it looks fantastic so i think i would i would abs- i wouldn't argue against that being thrown yep. into the top three for okay. now okay yep uh gordon what's your thoughts on that Yes, I echo most of that. I really enjoy that pre-title sequence. Like Steve said there, it's it's well into the 21st century. It's 2006, but make no mistake, that's the Bond from the books. Everything about that is, is Bond from the books. It's the spy world. It's... It's hard to explain. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that with so many of these pre-title sequences. Sometimes they just do something to you. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple. And yet one thing I think also really makes a pre-title sequence is uh, a nice little line to lead us actually into the gun barrel or the titles, which is Bond, Bond shoots the, the bent double agent. And because what is it he says to Bond? He said the first, the first is, or the second is always the most satisfying, something along those lines in terms of kills. And he goes, yes, considerably. And then, and then a few seconds later, it rolls into the the actual title. So it's not right. It's not. There's some of them where Bond will have an absolute banger of a one liner, and it will go straight into the the titles. And it was almost that. It was a great line, just mm-hmm. for, you know, to introduce Daniel Craig. The only thing I think they could have maybe done better was I said this at the time, done more of a a reveal where you don't quite see his full face until right at that moment. But I mean, it's, it's hard to fault it. It's a, it's a brilliant sequence. And, and I think in terms of that, that final line, other great examples of that, I'll mention one which we've, which we're, we're, we've not nominated, which is Quantum of Solace, which is a great one where his last line, Mr. White is in the boot of this car, Bond's in this frantic car chase, getting absolutely battered to pieces. Bond opens the boot and he's cowering inside and he says, it's time to get out, and then straight into da 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 the mm-hmm. yeah. um, no the another Jack, Jack another White, way to Keith. die yeah and and then Goldfinger which we'll get on to get the the final the final line positively shocking yeah straight into amazing title sequence yeah so Casino Royale potentially is going to be in the top three Gordon 
you want to uh, nominate a film that you feel can is going to have to be on the top three? Well, out of the ones we put forward. Yeah, there. so we're now we're now narrowing down the list and going to talk about a film uh, to focus on a film, and then and the- so once once we've got, I'd say four films, we'll all pick one film. And then it's a case of discussing the ones we're cutting and saying why we're cutting them and if we're all happy with it. And then we'll be choosing our winner. So, Gordon, what film out of them do you feel is just you want to nominate to get really into that mm. top three? Goldeneye. Okay. You know, James, I was always better. <laughs> uh, yep, Gordon, just want to go into it. Why, why do you feel it's going to be in there? It's the perfect introduction for Brosnan, it's got incredible cinematography of probably the most magnificent dam in the world, one of the most magnificent stunts in the world. You've actually got two incredible stunts in that one free title sequence. It's quite a lengthy one. It's, I'd say it's around about the 10-minute mark, Goldeneye. I love seeing two doubles working together on a mission, being stealthy. We'd never seen that before. The reveal of Brosnan was just masterfully handled, seeing his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the it's one of the bits I, I do like the score. I like I like Eric Serra's particular um, musical sequence there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That shot of the plane flying over at the start. The it's just seeing seeing Bond run along the dam, but you not knowing. Even hear him breathing, but you don't quite see his face. They just gradually build it up. And a twist, man, in in the bottling room, it's that deathly silence. It's so loud, all the explosions and gunfire, then silence and Bond's like, Alec, there's just nothing. You know, what's happened to 006? Oromov's gotten the gunpoint. It's just, it's it's almost, um, it's almost the perfect Bond pre-title sequence. You've got um, Bond against the odds as well. You know he's um, he's got about there's about thirty Soviet men or so with their guns on him. His colleague at gunpoint from Oromov. Yep. Again, Bond against the odds. He gets out. Bond always finds a way. Bond uses his wits with the gas tanks. There's, there's just and then again, it's not just the actual with any pre-title sequence. It's not just the actual sequence, but the way it leads us into the song that shot of the plane flying the sound effects brilliant too yep and yep. that getting that do 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 before mm-hmm. you actually before the se- title sequence actually starts it's just it, it, it's it's almost perfect I, yeah. I i really really enjoy it. i think also i mean the it's probably worth also steve mentioning you know why obviously wh- what's so important about the pre-title sequence it's, it's a it's a thing that for certainly in the early years was unique to Bond, I believe. There wasn't just the simple formula of titles at the start of the film and then the film. It's like a mini movie. That's Goldeneye's a perfect example, I think, of a, of a mini movie before we get into the actual nuts and bolts of the movie itself. And I think it was then, that idea was then maybe copied, no, not, not so much copied, but used in, you know, TV series in the 70s, like The Professionals and The Sweeney, for example. But it's not something you see a lot of in, in, in films nowadays, but it was something very unique to Bond. The gun barrel sequence as well, let's not forget that. Um, which it just basically all this whole thing, the gun barrel, the pre-titles, every film, the ideas, it gets you pumped, it gets you excited for, for what's to come. And you got to kind of pick, I try and, I know these, most of these films pretty well. I'm trying to put myself in the scenario of 
what would have been like seeing that in the cinema for the first time? How how excited would the audience be mm-hmm. seeing all this? But Gold, Goldeneye, I mean, it's it's maybe my number one. It's it's so good. Yeah, I'm pretty much agree with everything you've said there. That I'm happy that you chose it because I would have came across like I'm just parodying myself if I'd chosen it. I fully agree. I think Golden. I think the pre-title sequence has to establish a lot of the tone of the film coming up and set you up for it um, and all the things you said about the importance of it the cold opening and things like that could really have an impact Some, and it usually I think Golden Eyes particularly has a great mesh of tone like humour and drama and tension and yes. establishes the character relationship really in a few scenes between 006 and 007 you get the feeling it's two mates on a mission i love it yeah i love yeah. it and then chemistry between chemistry Bean and yeah. Rosen, yeah oh it's so good these young actors at the time sean bean looks quite young there but he's you know he's just he could have been bond and that's what they chose him for that because that's what they wanted they wanted somebody who could have been bond and then you've got Arumov as well fantastic villain even his little his little looks you know he's so confident you can't win you know and you know bond finds a way this i i love Eric's will definitely be talking about the score at some point. I think Eric said a score at that particular moment and the general tone of the sound of Gold Knight, I love. And and in stunt work, the damn jump, fantastic. So to essentially jump on that, I think Gold Knight is up there. Steve, is it first of all, does Andy disagree with Gold Knight that they don't think they should be highlighted? That there's any that clearly, obviously, we're still to nominate at least. Well, two, two I more. think. Goldeneye's safe. I think, you know, I, just, I would kind of comment a wee bit on it, I suppose, in the sense that, I mean, I just loved, you know, it was particularly noticeable in the pre-title sequence for Goldeneye, this idea of, I mean, it was kind of the last time you saw Soviet Russia mm. as Soviet Russia in the Bond, like, in the Bond films, because later in the movie, it was after the Soviet Union had ended. Yeah. And you had things like Statue Park, but that, that sort of kind of, the, the kind of, um, it's cold, almost like a cold it's almost sterile. Like a, yeah, and 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 kind of shabby, and the music that kind of hollow. Um, uh, it's almost like a drum, isn't it? Type sound. It's like a. It's like half it's, industrial, half kind of. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but I just know like, Soviet is like, the word that I think of. Uh-huh. I just I love it. And like that, the little bell sound, like you know, sounds like you'd get that in the obviously the game Goldeneye. It was uh-huh. kind of filled with that sort of music, but. You know, there was just something so atmospheric about that opening sequence and the jumping off the dam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is just, you know, and it was. It, I, I actually put the Golden Eye opening sequence up there with Casino Royale, and and the fact that it was shot so well. Yep, yep. That, that was been shot for real. Yep. I know. But, you know, if you can do it for, if you can do it for real, then it just gives it that um, authenticity, instant. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's it. the, the the stuntman had to nail it. He when he did that jump, think about the the g the, the g force when he's he's flung himself off that dam. But he is able to then coolly and um, he's bond. He's able to as soon as he is kind of starting to align himself, he gets the gun out and starts aiming like that's. I was listening to the commentary how hard that is to do when you've just jumped off a dam, but you've got to then get into character. And you've mm-hmm. only got like one take or whatever to do it, you know. You've got to slowly then aim the gun, do it really coolly. You don't drop it or anything like that. Very hard thing to do. Um, so yes, I think Goldeneye safely nominated. Obviously, technically could get cut when we start looking at the others and realizing what we've what we're going to lose here. Steve, let's come to you as a third film. What do you think should be highlighted to get into that final three? 
Well, I've put myself up against some incredible competition, unfortunately, um, because I think the two that I've nominated are probably two of the best. But the one that's been in my notes as standing out, as having a standout pre-title sequence was Octopussy. And I couldn't quite work out why. So I went back yesterday and watched that a couple of times. And then I realized, yeah, absolutely right. It's, it's sort of, it's the most sort of classic Bond intro, I think, to any of the, particularly the sort of older, sort of first half of the, the franchise. Uh, so, I mean, go back to it. So it's, it's Bond undercover, which I always like, he's at this, uh, almost like a horse show. And he sort of turns up looking like a farmer and then gets changed into a military uniform and then kind of infiltrates the military with the aim of attaching an explosive to a device that's inside an air hanger. And he's doing it with a, an accomplice, a Bond girl. It's kind of got all the classic Bond elements inside one short scene. Yeah. And it's also just really exciting. So that moment, you've got that sort of tension while he's undercover. And then just as he's planted the explosive device as planned, he gets uncovered. And then you've got that kind of humor of the old Bond that slips in, but not the, not the sort of deadly, awful, sort of dated humor that we start getting later on. Mm-hmm. This is sort of, so he gets discovered and looks at the guy's... It's kind of um, cheeky humor, isn't it? Yes, exactly. He looks at the guy's ID card and says, oh, you're a total too. In that kind of, almost sort of bantery type way. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's not sort of cringingly funny. Yeah. And then you've got him obviously being rescued by the Bond girl who is, I mean, it's slightly dated. Yeah, she's kind of, showing off her legs and Bond sort of sitting on this truck going, eh, look at that, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. look at some of that. Yeah. And then the way he distracts them, punches his way out and then jumps into the back of this horse box. And then again, it's ridiculous, a fake horse, the fake back end of a horse pops up and out from this horse box comes a micro light. And it's just, it's the excitement of, oh yes, here we go, big Bond's gadgets. And then, I mean, this is only about three or four minutes into the entire film and already he's having an aerial kind of dogfight with a heat-seeking missile, which obviously <laughs> Bond wins. <laughs> and then just the end where he, he's, he's escaped from this sort of military, he's flown his um, microlight through a hangar, through this sort of cracks of a door just as it's closing, which then gets, which then traps the missile, which then blows up. And he then just lands at a petrol station absolutely perfectly. And it's just so classic Bonds. It's completely different to anything we get today and probably quite different to a lot of... Because I think from Octopussy onwards, it started getting a bit old. That kind of humour started getting cringy. They started doing too much of it. You started getting the the one like the awful one-liners mm-hmm. um, and you know going right up to kind of die another day. Yeah. Um, so, th- I mean, this is kind of... It's, it's got all the classic Bond. It's so it's like a, it is like a miniature film, which is what you want from a pre-title sequence, as we've established. It's all the excitement within about three or four minutes. I think it's maybe about six minutes, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's a cracking start to a film. Yep. <clears throat> so I was wondering why that was in my list. So I went back and looked at it and thought, yep, you know what? I think this needs to be in there somewhere. Okay. Just for argument's sake, if anything. Okay. Yep. Uh, guys, what do you feel? Uh, do you want to keep that high? Sure. Yep. Um, I, I love Octopussy anyway, and the funny thing was, for some reason, I don't know why or how, but I'd, you know, I'd forgotten just how fantastically brilliant that opening sequence actually was, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I'm not talking about like recently, I'm talking about before I rewatched the film again, Yeah. and you know, and I was remembering all the bits from the movie, like Bond getting into a crocodile and you know, all these daft things, you know, running about with a clown suit. Tarzan. You know, yeah, the military shouting. There's a guy ran inside and he's wearing a red shirt, you know, <laughs> um, just things like that. 
but the, this that pre-title sequence. I mean, I, in a way, <laughs> like I don't feel like I don't feel like there's contenders for these three, like or like competition. Oh, I do disagree with that. I'm afraid, but um... like I'm I'm kind of pleased. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pleased at yeah. what's been chosen because. I mean, maybe for me the argument might be in what the what is it number one, two, and three, mm. but I'm yeah I'm certainly not going to be nominating any uh, out of the other rest of the list. Okay, uh, to Gordon say, to talk about because yeah. I love this. I love the Octopussy okay. one as well. We'll keep it highlighted. Uh, Gordon, your what what would you feel about Octopussy? Love it, man. Love it. And the the funny thing is, the VHS copy I had of Octopussy for so many years was taped off the TV. And I loved the film, but it only actually started round about the actual title sequence, so it, it practically it at least didn't have any. I think it started when 009 was getting chased in the forest, so I already thought it was an amazing film. But yeah, great. Like Steve says, it's, it's pretty much got all, even just subtle, subtle gadgetry, like the, the reversible cap, the reversible suit, the pretend horse and the horse box. But, you know, it's that tongue-in-cheek humour. It's Gamuri's his eyebrow-raising... Yeah. Cheeky best as well, especially pulling the the Acrostar jet up to to the petrol station. Yeah, it was actually filmed, I believe, round about when they did Moonraker. They were going to use it for that, but they ended up not using it. But but then using it two films later, which is interesting. Okay, uh, we'll keep Octopussy highlighted then. So I have one film to nominate, and this is a tough one. I am debating. There is three that stand out to me that they need to be ooh, maybe four <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go Spectre I feel like the, the one take style of the Spectre intro is the best that film ever got um, it was good it was a decent film in the first half but that for the introduction is the best part about it the, the Day of the Dead festival Bond calmly walking across you know building ledges as the camera circles round and tr- and tracks them, I love it. I feel like to me, I was so excited watching that in the cinema. I do, I do love Roger Deakins as a cinematographer. I think his style is fantastic, and I think some of his best stuff was in that that scene. And I, I just, I, I do think that the, the tension and even getting that sort of like small snippet of humor that sometimes the 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 Craig films lacked. I mean, it's very subtle. Bond, you know, falls and lands into this perfectly placed sofa and sort of gets up and fixes his cufflinks or his tie or whatever. To me, that that kind of you needed that a little. I just love the style of that. And then obviously the the manic helicopter sort of fight sequence in the sky definitely to me needs to be looked at as one of the best pre-title sequences. I don't know how you guys feel. Do you definitely one of the best looking? I remember that long walking shot across the rooftop, which I think you mentioned again. It is stunning, and I know I I, I know I remember back from when we did the the podcast on this one. I I didn't like the oh I felt a bit awkward about the whole landing on the sofa thing. But uh-huh. come to think of it, and that explanation actually, you're right, and it it needed it does need an injection of humor in there somewhere, just a little bit. And on sort of reflection, I think they probably struck the balance quite right there. It's not too stupid, mm-hmm. but it's not so unsubtle that you don't laugh at it. So yeah. in uh, that case, I, th- I actually think, particularly the way it looked, and that helicopter work mm-hmm. was stunning. Yep. It was incredible. Yep. Great stunt work as usual. The thing is, with these four, we are now losing. 
All right, I think we let's let's look at the ones that we're going to lose first in quick cuts. I think Doctor No and the fact that it's not actually a pre-credit sequence has to get cut. Fran, you can give it a, a, a kind of quick kind of explanation and a sort of your props to that film if you want just now before we officially cut yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it was it was mainly it was the fact that those guys they weren't even really blind. But I mean, it was the whole thing was just ludicrousness. I mean, the fact that they went all the way across the yeah. island like that. Yeah. Um, do, do you know what I mean? I think as well. I think it was what's interesting about it is it did kind of it felt and it feels like a pre-title sequence that wasn't edited the same way that they were later. Do you know what I mean? It felt like that. It, just that kind of setting the tone for the movie you know yeah i i kind of get that i think if dr no obviously that was them just finding their feet trying to see what works and they obviously didn't really find it until goldfinger but maybe if dr no had been made after goldfinger that would have been what they would have done so it would, but yeah as it stands it's officially discounted so it got its nomination got its we it's gone officially it got its moment in the sun yeah dr no has been cut now that leaves us still with a fair number of films that we are going to have to to see cut from this list. I feel that it's tough to see. Do we really feel that? So the Living Daylights. Then let's look at the Living Daylights. Then oh, well, listen. I think I think actually, really, we should really be thinking about that one. I, I you know, it's funny because I, uh, I, I, I'm just after saying, I wouldn't add any more. But you know what? That was such a good intro. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was probably the most tension in, in in any of them. I would say. I mean, the tension in that was unbelievable. So this is the the sort of mission that goes. Obviously, it's a training mission, um, uh-huh. and it's the first introduction of Dalton. But you they do it quite cleverly. I think they sort of set you up. You think you're seeing Dalton here? Nope, nope. This guy might be him. Nope. And then it's the third guy that turns out to be Dalton. As these other two are getting picked off by. The, the enemies sort of thing so and then obviously Dalton doing his own stunts as well on that mm-hmm. precarious you know he's on the jeep on that sort of really kind of narrow valley um, and then it ends with the parachute and him onto the boat yeah yeah, yeah. guys uh, I mean I personally think I, I'm looking at this list here we've got Spy Who Loved Me and Goldfinger and Skyfall um, who I think were all really tough ones I think do we definitely? I don't think Daylight's is good, but is it a contender for top three? I'm not 100 percent sure. So I would sure. be okay. with you if that's kind of the way that that's going in terms of cutting that. Mm-hmm. See, so yeah, that, but I would feel the same way about Spectre. Yeah, I mean, to me, yeah. I think Goldeneye and Casino yeah. Royale are almost definite lock-ins. Like, I think that we, I think those two are the, the they're going to be fighting for the, the sort of winner for me. But, I mean, Octopussy is. Is far and away one of the most outrageously good classic ones. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at that and thinking, is Goldfinger not the 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 pinnacle of the classic? It set us up for the mm-hmm. little miniature story mixed with some humor, some cheeky humor, some style. That's that film. That and that yeah. title since got style, man. Bond, you, you know, it's the humor, the duck thing. He's coming out the water with the duck disguise. He then, you know, he does his mission. He plants the 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 bomb, and then coolly rips off the scuba gear, and he's got a white tuxedo, looking classy as hell. Comes yeah, in perfectly pressed and everything. Yeah, yeah, and Completely then he, dry. He goes into that little, I don't know, is it a pub or a dance hall or whatever, and he's calmly smoking the cigarette as that he looks at his watch and then the timer the, the explosion goes off he doesn't flinch as everyone screams around him 
and he just smokes his cigarette and then he kind of eventually goes into his room and uh, he goes to finish tie off loose ends or whatever it is and obviously you think he's gonna he's making out with the the girl there and you think it's just gonna be the typical bond ending and then obviously a villain appears it's just to lead, leading to the shocking punchline i i feel like that film is the genesis of what all the pre-title sequences tried to to be the furniture uh, with love came first but like i, I doesn't, get that. doesn't make any sense i mean i get that it's the genesis but is it the is it one of the best though that's the thing like yeah, that's a question, I mean, yeah. Like, like I would see, like, because as the years went by, it, it sort of, you know, I would I would say that, the, like, for me, obviously we've talked about Octopussy already, but for me, that's the pinnacle of the classic era um, intro because it, it takes all of the elements that were introduced earlier on, you know I mean? or at least a lot of them, um, and just puts them together, and and it ramps it up and up and up and up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Like it's just, it's just. Yeah. It's almost like if you were to like go to an AI and artificial intelligence and say create a Bond pre-title sequence from all the data, <laughs> like that's what it would do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It would create something like that. It would create like something from that. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's let's try another. Oh, I can see myself big on the screen. Now. I know it must be weird, right? Okay. Let's. Um... <laughs> Guys, I can't imagine how weird it is that you had to look at me like this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Let's let's cut the films then. Let's cut the rest so that we can narrow this down. Uh, I I think from Russia with Love, as much as it's the first one uh, I nominated to get on this list, I think we don't all feel strongly about it. When you think about it from a plot's point of view, it doesn't make any sense. Narratively, it's interesting. Bond is being hunted by Red Grant and the, the sort of as a training mission for Spectre, but you know, it turns out it's just an assassin that's murdered by Red Grant and he just happens to be wait for some reason wearing Sean Connery's face as a mask. Doesn't really make much sense. Um it would have shocked all these audiences at the time, and I get why they did it. But is it the best? Is it even the top three? Probably not in amongst the, the ones we've already got highlighted. Do you feel what is great about that though? Sorry to cut yeah, in there, Steve. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing about the guy wearing Bond's mask is as well. The the whole plot in from Russia with Love, it was partly about avenging Doctor No. Bond was meant to be the sort of arch nemesis for a while of Spectre. So it's it's as though the he's the it's showing you right away before you even hit the title sequence that Bond's the target. So you know Bond's in for in real danger in that film. And again, it's it's the fact you know Bond's referred to, but he's not seen. To me, that's got a, a real impact. But yeah, I mean, I can maybe see why we might cut it out. It's fairly straightforward, whereas the likes of Octopus and Goldeneye are very packed. You've got, you know, top stunts. Yeah, and yeah. Um, well, I suppose in, in Goldfinger, you've got a fight sequence as well. Well, two, but one main one. So, But those ones are a bit more kind of densely packed of all the elements. But from Rush With Love, I guess more straightforward. Do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, you feeling oh, everyone okay with cutting that one then? Yep, yep. Slice okay, yeah. it up, cut it out. From Russia is gone. Um, who wants to cut a film then? I I nominated Thunderball, and it's I think it's only really because I've got that jetpack in my head. <laughs> you and I love, love that, that jet so pack. much. I did love that jetpack, and I rewatched <laughs> it again recently on a plane, and I burst out laughing again. <laughs> I love it. I had to pause it, rewind it, and show Juliet so she could laugh. So yeah, but it's it's it doesn't it's not a standout. It's mm-hmm. it sets the film up well enough. It's got some good gadgetry. Mm-hmm. You've got a water cannon on the car for some reason. Yeah, but it's not. I can't. 
argue its case as well as I can some of the others. So I would be happy to cut, as great as it is, I would be happy to cut Thunderball. Um, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, I, I was going to say, um, I was going to choose another one. Well, two secs. We'll just quickly, Gordon, is there anything you want to say on Thunderball to, to see if it stays or goes? Are you happy to cut it? I'm happy to cut it. I, I, I do really like it. it. It's nice to see every so often to have one that immediately goes to Bond. As soon as the gun barrel's over, and again, amazing gun barrel, just full of impact, really gets you going for the film. Bond's right there. They did the same in The World's Not Enough. I, I quite like that. And there's, you could tell that, um, that pre-title sequence, it kind of tells you where we're at with the series, going for, going for the, the class and style with Thunderball. You knew right away it was going to follow the formula from Goldfinger with Bond, you know, Bond throwing the flowers over the corpse, mm-hmm. the DB5 making an appearance, Bond on probably the most high-tech gadget yet in the series. Yeah. But let's cut it. Yep. The, so the fight sequence, you know, I, I like the fight sequence, but, you know, that it's one of these ones you can tell a bit of it's sped up. It doesn't really help me much knowing there's Bob Simmons, this one, that, you know, the actual... Stunt one man. of the main stunt men, stunt coordinators that he's fighting, because you actually notice him in a few films. But um, yeah, it's 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 great, but it's it's definitely not top three. Okay, okay, another one has been cut. Fran, you wanted to nominate a film. Which one you want to nominate? Well, it's not so much nominating it, but it was to to clear the list down a bit. I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Skyfall. Okay. Uh, I just I, I now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is where Money Penny shoots Bond off the bridge, isn't it? Yeah, take the shot, take the bloody now, shot. I don't like that, right? Now the reason I didn't like that title sequence was because I felt like it kind of it was like trying to explain why Money Penny was a secretary. Yeah, and I just didn't like that. I know. I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast, but like something about that rubbed me up the wrong way. I just didn't like that idea of. It's more of a as I've thought about it since that I've kind of thought about it like her. Journey is like kind of backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, uh-huh. um, and it's yeah, like no, puni- so punishing her. Agent. She got yeah. made, made quite a crucial mistake, to be fair, but she's punished for it in a way. Did um, I get it? Wasn't a mistake? Well, she did. Like, yeah, she was following the orders, wasn't she? Yeah, and she wasn't sure she was going to be able to do it. But it's mm. yeah, it's definitely one of those where like you know, it, it's not it's not a, an uplifting fun pre-title sequence it's quite depressing <laughs> like, yeah that's just, yeah the tone of it there isn't much humor in this one that it's a very serious one it's gritty or Ro- ronson's laying there dying and uh, yeah bond's got to you know eat. leave him yeah yeah guys how do you feel about that happy to cut that yeah, one yeah i would cut it i think i think yeah. on the whole tonally skyfall there's a bit of a, a mismatch i feel there's a certain See, and this includes the pre-titles as well for these films. Out of the four Craigs so far, tonally, it's not quite there. The other three, there's a real kind of aura, but each one, there's real individualism of each one, but Skyfall's a bit too much um, in too many different directions. Yep. Okay, I'm happy to cut that one. Uh, Okay. So, who hasn't nominated one to be cut? Gordon, have you nominated one? I don't think I nominated actually nominated one to get cut how many have we got left what's the so there's four highlighted but obviously you could nominate one of them if you wanted but um out of the other there's four left to be cut uh if you disagree and um oh but did we not cut um goldfinger the loving dailies or were we just talking about we we, we spoke about them i was close to putting them i wanted them yeah i was close to getting highlighted but you can nominate them to get cut um right if you want 
Yeah, I couldn't cut either of them because I love them both. And yeah. I really love Tomorrow Never Dies. You know, I think as much as I love the film, I'm going to cut Live and Let It Die. Yep. And it's great, the change-up, not seeing Bond. And I feel after, you know, changing the actor to Moore, there's something I like about setting the scene of the whole film before you actually see Bond. Because we need to, sometimes it's good to know what Bond's going into. and. I like the jumping between locations. You've got the agents getting killed in San Monique in New York and in New Orleans. And it's very like we touched on in our, our review. Fran used the word supernatural, something supernatural, but obviously the funeral scene. But the, re- the reason I would cut it is maybe just because Bond's not in it. I think, I think to be a real banging one, Bond's got to be in it. And I like the fact Bond's not in that one, but but that's why I think it yeah. it doesn't quite it doesn't quite merit at the top. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it is individual, and that's something to be said for that. It has its own style. I like that the playful humor. Um, the guy Hamilton's kind of he got it right on this one. I think with that sort of playfulness um, style over any kind of logic, but at the same time, Bond isn't in it. We are rank- ranking the best Bond pre-title sequences. I think that would be a, a good reason to to cut it. So I'm happy for that one to go. If anyone else has any issues with that, we'll be cutting that. These are, I gotta say, Steve, these are all really hard decisions. Yeah, and, yeah. and see, see if I listen, see if I listen back to our music of Bond podcasts or any of the reviews I've done. The amount of things that I've said that I then think ah, I should have given that a bit more praise than it deserved. It. I'm gonna wake up at three in the morning. I'm just gonna have a sleepless night <laughs> thinking, why did I not yeah. make that in like the top pre-title scene? Because honestly, because my, my opinions of Bond they, they change so much. They really do. Especially favorite film, which obviously is the the big one this is why this is exactly i don't know how you guys feel so far about how this is going but i'm loving this in the sense that we're really getting to nitty-gritty of like comparing yeah. the films I, I don't know yep. it's um this is this is exactly what i wanted this to be and we're not even we're still just narrowing this one category and this is why it's going to take longer i think we might not get to do as much each day because i kind of like this focus we're given to each subject but anyways yeah live and let die everyone okay with that one going yeah uh, yeah Definitely. okay yeah oh what happened there I'd, I would like to make maybe a suggestion of... This is by, by the way, sorry, Gordon, I just want to ask something. Why is there a space between Golden and Casino Royale? It's like a ghost film was sitting in oh, there. Yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. oh, well, well, it was, uh, it was separated it was into the people's names, nominated. yeah. So now it's just the list, so it doesn't really matter who nominated what. Because initially that if this was... is gonna, um, I was gonna say if this is gonna take a while, can we maybe like slot in one or two quick breaks just to like go out of course. Of air and yeah, use yeah. the facilities and <laughs> yeah. stuff. You're not, not right no, now. No, 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 no. Right Polite now, way of just, saying you need a piss. We have to stay not here. Not right all now. Day. But yeah, I expect full dedication <laughs> to this project. Uh, <laughs> I've got all your names listed against a number, and if I'm not happy with it, blowfile style, I'm gonna press a number. I'm just you're... looking for a quick escape. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm going to nominate a film then to get cut. This is why did I leave myself last when these are like really fucking tough films to nominate? Um, I'm probably going to go The Spy Who Loved Me, and that might be controversial, I think, uh, because it's one of the most iconic stunt sequences in the Bond history. If the the skiing section off the mountain, I, I think sometimes the music I think has dated it so much that I do find it. Hard to compete with the other films that kind of bow, 
bow, bow, bow, bow, I was going to say that had a disco soundtrack, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I vaguely remember being confused as to why. It suited the time. I get it. You have to think about when it came out, and audiences probably loved it at the time. Bond seventy seven, the theme and things like that. We are listening to it at a, a different time now, and I, I don't. I don't have any affinity to the seventies in that kind of way that I could maybe appreciate eighties sort of stuff. So that sound just doesn't quite do it for me. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Like I say, I, I think it was right for the time. And I think it was, I think despite only been, I think, well, about three years between Golden Gun and Spy, the Spy Hole of me feels a lot more modern. And I think they needed things like that. Maybe the changing composer as well. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think The Spy Who Loved Me is one of the best Bond films. It's in my top 10 and has many things I love about it, mainly set design and things like that. I think, you know, the Ken Adams sets, well, we will get to discuss them in other categories. As a pre-title sequence, I also think it's fantastic. It's got into the final eight or whatever. Um, I mean, if I'm honest, I think I would put it above Octopussy, possibly. But we've already highlighted Octopussy and I think the, the, the the rooms agree that Octopussy is better, probably. So I don't feel like that I can I can beat Octopussy. Uh, that's the only one I would maybe put it above. Um, I don't know how I, how we feel on that argument. I can I can go along with that. Yeah, it's like I said. I mean, I'm going to be changing my mind about all these all the time, and I'm sure you guys will as well. So it's we've got to. <laughs> If, 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 we've got to be cruel at times I think this is where this is yeah. where we're coming down to kind of disagree here like this is this is it this is the we're going to be starting into the nitty gritty here and we've just got to say no I, I think you're I think you're completely wrong Steve um, I think uh, it's why you love me needs to get cut but um, I think that's kind of how we play it right well, it's obviously do we not feel it like can get cut at this point just now um, I think it probably I mean it's it, it, it is fantastic and it's the it's the first, because obviously ski jumps and ski chases got a bit old, but this was a point where it was still fresh. Mm-hmm. And that jump, the parachute jump, is genuinely fantastic. But it's another one, it's got moments that are great. But as a whole, I don't think it could beat any of the ones that are highlighted. Okay. Mm. And also, I can't watch it without thinking of Alan Partridge now, annoyingly. Oh. I don't know how familiar <laughs> you guys are with the, do- with the Stop Getting Bond Wrong yeah, um, yeah. clip. Yeah. That's all I have in my head when I see it. Yeah, which is funny, but yeah, oh. it 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 can't go top four, I don't think. Yep, Gordon, you're probably the only one um, that might want to fight this one. Are you? How do you feel about that? Do you you want to cut it yet, or I don't. By th- all of me, I I don't think I've quite got the strength to fight it. Right, I, fight another day. And it's hard. Yeah, it's because octopus is just so jam-packed full of great things okay 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 it made it to the top eight but Spy Who Love Me has been cut okay uh right now we have four films nominated three films still to cut this is where it gets pretty damn pretty damn tough to narrow down first of all obviously should we do it is it free do we still I think we still should just have one winner and two runners up I don't know if you want to so we're still having to cut one of the films that we initially highlighted how do yeah. you feel about right, does Tomorrow Never Dies beat any of those other four that have been nominated? Nope. No, but I, 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 I did bring it up because it's another one that's very well handled yeah. in terms of the, the reveal of Bond. It's 
and I don't know if any of the other films, any of the other Bond films quite do this in the same way. Just that that whole moment where at the MI6 headquarters, when M, there's that great rivalry between Judy Dench's M and Jeffrey Palmer's Admiral Roebuck. Yeah. And in between that, you've got Robinson talking to Bond through the earpiece. It's the fact you're all, especially if you're seeing this in the cinema for the first time, man, everyone's just in anticipation of seeing Bond. And you know he's there. You can hear Robin, it's a one-way conversation. Robinson's talking to him and he's telling Bond to get out and it's like Bond's giving him a bit of a lip. But it's just knowing that Bond's there and just wait, waiting for him to actually get revealed. And then and Arnold's score is one of the best parts of the whole film. The, the This sort of swing version of the Bond theme, he's hitting the Bond theme right there a few minutes into the film. And then you see this guy um, getting his cigarette lit. He looks up, boom, hooked in the face, filthy habit. And that's the reveal. It's, it's that whole just not seeing Bond, but knowing he's there, the, the, the feeling that gives me. Yeah. And then, and then obviously it gets a bit, I suppose that does kind of sum up the, the whole latter day Brosnan era because there's a lot of machine gunning going on mm-hmm. and it's just a lot of kind of general action after that. But just for that, that's why it maybe doesn't quite make it. But I think that's the, the biggest, the biggest strength is the, is the knowing the bonds there, but not, actually seeing him yeah you know I, I find it really interesting like because you are particularly kind of fixated on that idea gordon you've, i think you've mentioned it loads of times on the podcast as well and i find yeah. it quite fascinating this idea that there's something about about the the, the reveal i kind of get that I like think, uh, i think that it builds some tension the way that they keep yeah. referring to him your man, it's is your, because, is your yeah, man doing this? Your man doing that? Uh-huh. Yeah, because they're saying your man, mm-hmm. and they're you know they're not specifically saying James Bond because that that would maybe be a bit too much, you know, hinting. But I saying what's your ma- man waiting for? And yeah, it, it's it's it's, it's a, it's a great that. way to open a film. There's mystique there, things like that. I think they don't contain that well. It's the but Brosnan's films, I think, all had decent opening sequence. World's not enough; it's a bit too lengthy, but it still had some action. But um, well, it... I think it, I think it's good as well. Like uh, I, mean... I, 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 I actually don't think it's it's good. I don't think it's near the bad ones. It's very mediocre because it's a little too long. Um, oh, well, I, I mean, all I'm saying is like the, see the whole idea of of revealing oh, the reveal, like right? That. Yeah, yeah. But um, I I also think right because Gordon, you had asked like you said a few times like. Oh, they maybe could have done that, right? And there was a few other times they could have used it, but I think the effectiveness of it's bigger when they don't use it a lot. Because, like, imagine every single Bond movie had a Bond reveal, like yeah, that. exactly, it, yeah, like, aye, yeah. aye, aye. I yeah, because that's what, well, that's what I was saying earlier. How every so often you want one where where Bond is shown a couple of seconds after the the gun barrel. You want one every so often uh-huh. you don't see Bond. You want yeah. one every so often that's long. Variety. You want one every so often that's got a huge rip-roaring stunt like Spy Hole. I mean, it's, it's about... Um, it would be hard to... Going along, they, they obviously didn't know the franchise was going to last this long, but on the whole, now they've got to this point, There's, it's really... It's evolved, but it's like... A, it's a big universe of different styles of pre-title sequence which which is again what just one of the, the things you got to admire about the whole franchise okay well that's the thing i mean there's there is almost like there's um 
genre within genre. Like your your Bond pre-title sequence for a new Bond actor is a particular type of pre-title sequence, isn't it? So yeah. you know you've got them. Then you've got the last pre-title sequence for a Bond, like because they usually do know what their last film's going to be. You've got ones that kind of are evoking previous Bond pre-title sequences or referencing them. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, there's so many different kinds. Like you yeah. comedy, yeah. you know, yeah. short char. Yeah. Okay. There's ones with very quick cuts as well. I mean, sometimes slow slow reveals of things or um, slow panning of cameras works really well. But although it's not really up there, I like in You Only Live Twice how it's the... Uh, Show the the big meeting between the the world powers, and yeah. then the immediate cut to Bond in bed with a woman. You can say what you like about that, but it's the it's the contrast. You know, it's like this is our man in the field. <laughs> yeah, he is certainly in the field. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm getting the feeling tomorrow never dies. We can cut then. Tomorrow does die. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you, yeah. you how do you feel about that? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm in at that. Yeah. It can go. Okay. Six films left. What's, uh, I think... Well, I'm, I'm going to say The Living Daylights, it doesn't beat any of the ones that are highlighted. Right. Okay. How do we feel, and we guys? talked about it already, but Yeah. We? we have kind of, we have given, uh, given it some, some credit there. Um, I would put it again, a, yeah, I think, I think, I don't think it beats Spectre for me, and, it's probably on a par with Octopus. It's a different type of opening sequence. It's hard to compare those two. One's very serious and gritty and establishing Dalton as Bond. Octopus is establishing the classic humour of the, the Moore era. I think it epitomises it probably some of the best with the the cheeky humour. And there's something to be for that. You know, that's Moore is some of his best. And it's his like, sixth film, which is kind of incredible. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is tough. And it is well, because I don't. I, I think I might be on the flip side here. I think the Living Daylights has to be at least top five because that intro to Dalton and the sheer tension on the cliff of that mountain in Gibraltar, and the way that he's revealed, and the way that you see the MI6 agents getting picked off, and the action and the seriousness and the grittiness of that is. It's whether whether or not it's better than Goldfinger. I'm not sure, but I I couldn't see. I think a top five without the living daylights would is enough of a sort of <clears throat> thought that I think it has to be selected over Goldfinger, if that makes sense. Well, that's the thing. Well, yeah, we're I first, agree. You know, so we're, we're doing a top five, aren't we? Well, actually, was there going to be a top three? That's going to be We're rude. doing a top, yeah. yeah. So I, I think how do you guys feel? For, this is the first one. How do you feel? I mean, top one or two runners up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just make it yeah. going to have to be real, real fucking. We'll have to make some real hard cuts. Um, right, well, let's get rid of the living daylight thing because it pains me. Yeah, like, I think if, if, a, if it can't be in three, if it can't be in the top three, it can't be. Do you know what I mean? But it would be in a top five. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, Gordon, how do you feel about that? Loving daylights as tough as it is, it's probably going to have to go. Uh, I know this is tough. God, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was gonna, I was gonna say something really controversial and say Chop Casino Royale, you know. Oh, wow. I don't know. Is it because it's Ooh. very it's light from Rush with Love? We cut from Rush with Love. Well, I was saying it was maybe a bit too straightforward and not as much of a sort of universe of Bond. It's very simple. It's just sort of one scene. <sighs> this is this is. I'm really like 
so in my head i suppose at this point maybe we have to start thinking about what is your own free and i don't want a vote system because that can kind of just kill it a bit we kind of want to convince ourselves but if it was to put it out there for me i think i still think casino and goldeneye are the two lock-ins for my third i know i nominated specter but i'm sometimes thinking goldfinger might edge it um but I know that Octopus is a really strong one for you guys, so... I think most of these, what they've got going for them are some of the best parts of those scores in those films. Just incredible music. I was just looking at them and thinking, because I was actually going to raise individual points about the music and all of them. I think, and probably the pick of the bunch, there's the, the John Barry Goldfinger score. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's just the... This, I watched, I watched it earlier. Style and mystery. Yeah, I think I think as much as I nominated Spectre, I almost I uh, might be uh, Goldfinger is a tough one to lose for me. I think to me that I don't know how. So f- can't. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I can cut Goldfinger. I just because uh, I was gonna say I think like number ones between Goldfinger and Goldeneye for me. Oh man, right. Does the Living Daylights then get cut on that basis then? Or Yes, yes. I think oh, it's a shame, but looking at what we've got, if we're going to come down to a top three, then I think we have to realise that the Living Daylights isn't going to be in there. So yeah. I think it could, it's a shame, but it can it can safely, if we're looking at a top three, it can safely go. Okay, Gordon, I think this might be having to go. You... I'm trying to say what's wrong with it. I, I, I'm trying to think, but it's hard to say anything wrong with any of them. Do you know what I, I mean? I, I think here's what I'll say for the Living Daylights. Um, it's the only thing you could maybe say about Dalton's Bond. Right? I love Dalton's Bond. I think two films, he only got two, so he didn't get to cement a legacy. And I think two of his films are for, I gave him five stars. I love them. Yeah. But the only thing most people, you could argue that Dalton doesn't do humor. And as much as that doesn't need to be there, I think when you look at these other films, the element of humor, uh, each of them have it in the pre-title sequence. Either Octopussy, it's predominantly humor. And the others is a nice blending of humour and action and tension and stunt work. The Living Daylights is pure tension and stunt work, as great as I think it is, and it's definitely in the top five, or in this case top six. I think um I think it kinda goes it, it lacks that that humor that maybe could edge it into the top three. You may have a point there, yeah. But I mean I love the the humour at the end, the 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 lady in the boat. It's it's so boring, Margot. These Play just nothing but playboys and tennis pros, and then you get it's, the double agent swooping down. But it's yeah, ca- it, like I, Dalton doesn't. Deli- he looks bored when he can't. He looks like yeah. He I looks know. like yeah. yeah. I'll spend some time. With, yeah, order me a drink then. Uh, cool. Like he looks like he couldn't yeah. give a shit. If you real, if you're really kind of hard pressed me to to find a, another reason to kick it out, those two other double O's they don't quite look like they're double O material to me. Yeah. Um. Well, the 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 guy who. Um, his parachute lands in the tree, so he gets all tangled up in the tree. I feel he could have managed that better. <laughs> and I feel, I feel, I feel also right. And this guy, I've seen him in a few films. He was actually in one of the Star Wars trilogy. I think it was Return of the Jedi. I don't think he's got quite the sort of the face you'd expect for a double O agent. I don't think he looks tough enough. Not that, not that I would be tough enough. But um, and also the other, the other double O who get who's climbing up the the side of the cliff and gets. Um, murdered by the the assassin. I feel the two of them. They don't quite look 
Yeah. They don't quite have the look of even any of the Bond actors. For, they're not quite. They're not even like say an Alex Trevelyan double O. So, but you know that's. I feel like I'm bloody nitpicking. There, oh you know? yeah, I mean that's that's the problem with this style. We have to nitpick to get to a consensus <laughs> yeah. because you can make your own personal list. I would I would encourage you to do that because I think I'm kind of want to do that to get my own say about what I think personally. But as a group, we have to take in the the opinions of the others. And I think the living daylights. That's yeah. the the argument I would make is what I, obviously the lack of humor there. I think it just we're talking nitpicky stuff, yeah. but it's to get to consensus. So the living daylights has been cut. We are Check now five films left. Four of them highlighted previously. Goldfinger's the only outlier. What this is getting like the Apprentice, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> living daylights. You're fired. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I'm I'm going to say right now that. Um, I don't think Goldfinger beats any of the ones that are on this that are highlighted. Okay, okay. I agree. Okay, two people strongly feel Goldfinger doesn't make so the top I think, three. I think Goldfinger and Living Daylights would have been four and five on a top five. Okay. See, the thing, one one way I would distinguish the two of them is Living Daylights is maybe a bit too padded out where Goldfinger's extremely tight for a P-title sequence. Yeah. I feel in oh, terms yeah. of being really tight entertainment, I don't think it's beaten by any. I know I said Goldeneye's possibly the perfect pre-titles but in terms of just the style style as well i think if you if you're but then, but then the specter's got a lot of style you know i know the, the the use of the use of thomas newman's amazing use of the bond theme um and then bond in disguise which i love because that that's goldfinger's got that going for it as well but i feel and then i'm looking down the list octopusy again kind of lengthy but then Casino Royale is probably the, the shortest one. But I feel in terms of like the combination of Bond, Bond's the class of Bond, the the edginess, Bond acting as a spy, Bond. Um, if you were to distill a henchman, if you were to distill everything about Bond, that Goldfinger pre-title sequence has it. That's everything. That's everything. Sex appeal, espionage. One-liners, humor, style, the, the the tuxedo, the music, the John Barry score, and it's all very tightly edited. Oh, uh, I actually, I've just talked myself into thinking it's still better than Spectre and maybe even Octopussy on that basis. But I know that the room doesn't feel. I think Octopussy sounds like a stronger contender from the others. See, Goldfinger, I would say, has it all. Absolutely. But I think Octopussy has it all and does it better. The one thing Octopussy, in fairness, doesn't have is the music. I don't remember there being any sort of standout musical uh, sort of interludes or points within the Octopussy pre-title. So perhaps Goldfinger edges it over that. But beyond that, I think Goldfinger, as I think we said earlier, is the genesis. It has everything. Yeah. But Octopussy has everything and does it better okay which is why i think i would argue octopus over goldfinger okay. at this stage okay oh and another reason and you can i suppose you can liken this to i, I said casino royale um is maybe the most like the books or the most like the real spy world but in goldfinger i love the fact you've got bond meeting a contact as well the the mi6 contact at the bar he talks about um yeah. Well, he wouldn't be using heroin flavored bananas to finance revolution. That whole that's a good exchange. It's like you don't you need those characters in Bond mm-hmm. that are just in it for a few seconds, just you know a contact. Uh, you you know you don't need to know their name, but you need you need that. That's more like that. You know that's that could be that could be a scene, and it kind of was a scene in in the book as well. Okay, this is 
these are five films that are really fucking tight um that we all feel strongly about it's going to be difficult now to narrow this down to cut to cut to um so goldfinger two people feel that goldfinger should be cut two feel two people feel that goldfinger should be on if we're down to a top five rather than trying to cut at this point is it worth maybe trying to go for a winner at this point out of the five because I, I don't know if we'll be able to cut yeah. anything from this but we might be able to come to a consensus as to which is kind of unbeatable which is the best but, but the thing is but but we I, know... I feel like we still if we want to have the one and two runners up we would have to cut out of the four anyway and i feel like oh, golden I, yep. yeah we're gonna have to cut from here definitely yeah. but the but, thing is we already know that golden eye and considerable Royale are locked in we know that octopus has got to be classed as the best of the classics so I, th- I don't think Spectre should be there for, for sure. I don't think it should be in this top five. Right, so you feel... Even. You feel... And like I don't think head. Goldfinger is better than Octopussy. I just have very clear on it. I think Goldeneye, Casino Royale, and Octopussy okay. are the three. And then it's that's, deciding, like... That's what, what I used order. to so, well, yeah. so you two feel those bottom three, then? Are the three... For me, it would be Goldeneye, Casino Royale, and Goldfinger. Gordon, what's your thoughts? The top three, uh, yeah, Goldfinger, Goldeneye, and oh, Octopussy. Oh fuck! So Casino Casino Royale is not even an automatic lock-in. So we essentially yeah. all feel that Goldeneye is locked in, but Casino Royale is one doubter. In that case, we just lost, I think, Spectre because no one well, put Spectre in. Uh, even though I was the one that first nominated it, I have now switched to Goldfinger. Well, Octopussy also got three votes. Yeah. So that's three out of four. So that's definitely still in there. So Octopussy and Goldeneye are definites. I mean, I don't, I want to reiterate, I don't want to always come down to the vote. But if it comes to it, we kind of have to sort of rely on it, maybe. But right. I, why don't we do, why don't we think, do a, a vote on Goldfinger just now? Why don't we say who wants to give you, you just ask us all one on one each? Well, we'll say we yes already or know no. two people, it's two versus two. You and Steve don't want it. Me and Gordon do. Um, Octopussy won by having three, three people yeah so yeah. by the vote then it does come to it. but it does i don't want to right is there who's who wanted actually yeah octopusy it must if three people want octopusy and two people want goldfinger then yeah octopusy has beaten it by a vote so okay <laughs> I, I think we'll get gordon i don't want this to end in a vote all the time because it kind of <laughs> kills the fun of debate like i think people have to try and up the debate I like, skills I, but i don't think i'm gonna i like a good election though i mean we're in election season I mean, I, I, I like the, like, you know, you could imagine that, you know, there's, there is drama involved when it comes to votes as well. Okay. Where it's like, it's like, we're like, actually, do you know what? Um, let's, let's just put the gun to our own heads and make a decision, you know? All right. It, uh, it pains me then that Goldfinger is going, but I think it wasn't going to win in this group. So we now have our final three, Goldeneye, Casino Royale, and Octopussy. Now... I think it is Goldeneye, and it isn't just because we all just kind of automatically voted it by all having it as the as the de facto winner. Um, but I think we covered it earlier when we we're discussing it. It has everything, and I just I get a real thrill every time I watch it without without fail. I don't get that quite the same as Octopus. I think Octopus is really good though. Um, but I think it's it's Goldeneye for me. What's how do we feel about that as the winner? It's a tricky one, this. I see, I came into this, I've got my notes in front of me, and I came into this with Casino Royale as my winner, with Octopussy in second, but I'm now having my mind changed because 
I mean, the GoldenEye um, pre-title is undoubtedly thrilling. It's classic. It's got the Trevelyan moments. It's... I think I'm going to have... Oh, there's, <laughs> it's eternal debate. <laughs> it's, it's because it's, it's now officially a wild card because it wasn't on my list. It wasn't anywhere on my list. It wasn't in the, the top, sort of top four. I would say it, for me, that's Octopussy. I didn't have Octopussy up there. I was a kind of mid yeah. one for me. Um, so I, I think, I, yeah, it's funny that. Thinking but... of it logically and thinking of the reasons behind it, it's, it is actually tricky. Like I said, I came into this with Casino Royale as my winner. I don't think I can have it as the top three of those three because it's it's the start of the the reboot. It doesn't quite have... I mean, it looks fantastic. The way it's done is just unbeatable, but it doesn't have the, the history and the classic elements that the other two do. So I think it does have to come down to... I think if it was me, I think I would actually go Octopussy as my top oh, wow, of okay. those yep. three over Goldeneye. But there is a definite um, argument for Goldeneye being top. It's an ab- it, would, it would be a worthy winner, and I would be happy to argue this one out further. Okay. Uh, Fran, what's your thoughts on that? I think Goldeneye's got to be there. Number well, one. Yeah, right. I was going to say, it is there, but <laughs> it's number one, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So you're, you're in agreement, number one. Golden, uh, Gordon, what's your thoughts? My thought is, which is not number one i don't i think casino royale um i think is the third best because to be honest i don't think we need to number the other two they're just runners up we don't have to yeah i just mean yeah well gold knight gold is the best and again i'm finding it hard to say why it just said he's octopusy but i feel it's so maybe because it's so important to the plot and octopus is essentially nothing to do with the plot it's you know, and also, do you know what also gives Goldeneye the edge, maybe as well? It's the fact you know that it's nine years. Is it nine years? Seven years? Six years before the. It was nine years, the, actually. The that's one of the only things I think was ridiculous. The, 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 the nine year gap, and no one has aged in those nine years. Um, Hi, apart I, from Oromov, going yeah. a bit grey, but yeah, I know. I, I, I just think, I don't know why they made it so long. I, and and they, when you think about Goldeneye's plot, it's ridiculous, but that's not what we're here for. But, like, I I always wondered the Trevelyan was that all did everyone was everyone in on it was Urimov obviously was in on it because he didn't have an actual live gun to kill him the soldiers I'm guessing were in on it um so they all had this plan that Trevelyan was going to escape but then somehow he didn't his face didn't get blown well it, it's, it's but anyways <laughs> I don't want to take it apart I think it's the winner still also I think we maybe ages gold now over those two Steve is I mean the way you can look at it is right. Casino Royale is the darkest, most Fleming-esque. Octopussy is the most unflaming, the most kind of casual entertainment. Like if you if you're thinking of what you think is going to excite people most in the cinema, um, you could maybe see Octopussy. So it, it's it's in a very much a, a contrast to Casino. But Goldeneye is like almost a blend of the two. Yeah. So Goldeneye, you could say, is just a perfect blend. I completely agree. So I think we might have found our winner, guys. Is that you? You happy with that? Yep. Steve, actually, you're the one that didn't agree. Um, you, yeah. You, so you, what I've done is I have just I've gone back over my original film notes for both films, and I think what I'm going to decide it on is the one of the most important elements of the pre-title sequence, which is how it leads into the title sequence, and the 
the main, main disappointment I have with Octopussy is the way it goes from the pre-title, which is massively exciting and all explosions and fun, into All-Time High by Rita Coolidge, which is a sort of downbeat, dull, it's the completely wrong song. Yeah. And it's like you end up on a complete downer, whereas Goldeneye, as I think was mentioned, those four dum, first dum, dum. notes. Yeah. And just yeah. that that almost builds on the excitement you've had from the pre-title sequence. Yep. So based on that, I am going to settle on Goldeneye over Octopussy, which I think... It's very big of you, Steve. Goldeneye. Thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do want... You don't have to... Nobody, nobody has to concede just to get us there. If you feel strongly about something, fight it. Um, but no, no. I, I don't think... There's, there's, there isn't a fight there, I think. Thinking about it objectively... I think actually it has to it has to top. I think it has to go top. Excellent. We have, I think we've finished our first category debate. So let's just uh, name them then. The runners up of the best pre-title sequence are Casino Royale and Octopussy, in no particular order. Two very different films, as Gordon stated, and our winner is 1995's Golden Eye. Uh, wow fantastic guys that is fun <laughs> as hell um so that martin campbell director of both golden and casino royale clearly a master of the pre-credit sequence um among, among many things yep so excellent do you want to take a break or what how do you guys feel what's the situation here like um i was going to do worst pre-title sequence with the remaining films obviously uh how do you how do you feel with time and all that kind of stuff I think we could probably bang out worst because I don't know about anyone else, but worst pre-title I think will be less of a debate yeah, than yeah, this one because yeah. there's, there's far fewer films that. Yeah. Because I think to say worst, I wouldn't just say it's the remaining ones. I think there has to be a reason for it being worst. Well, I've only got two I, on my list. I think yeah. To me, I, there's I, only I, I, two really bad ones, yeah. and the rest are just not quite as good as the best. I think we'll yeah. have similar okay. thoughts. Yeah. Let's, I think let, I think we all know what the worst one is going to be. Let's <laughs> keep the suspense. Should I? I'll make right. Okay, well, I'll end this recording and I'll start a new one, and then I can decide if I'm going to have it as one big alter. Because this is already what an hour and ha- an hour and a half, so I think we'll have the best as its own, and then the worst as its own. But the worst one can be a smaller podcast. So we'll end this right now. Thank you, guys. We will come back and debate the worst of the pre-credit sequences. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>